G'day guys, welcome to another episode of COVID Convos where we have real conversations with real people about what wellbeing looks like in a pandemic. And we are well and truly into a pandemic now with uh, everything that's been going on. Thrilled to have Kesh joining us uh, very early in the morning. How are you, Kesh? Yeah, I feel it's nice and happy and well, man. I'm feeling lucky. <laughs> Feeling very lucky to have you here at 7 a.m. Um, Australian time. So thanks for joining us. And um, also thanks, we've got Dan Watson here from the UK, although he's an Aussie as well. Thanks for joining us, Dan. Thanks, Grigsy. Thanks, Cash. Good to be here. Well, good to have you, mate. And we're really looking forward to finding out how things are going in the UK because we haven't heard anything about the UK um, thus far. So it'd be interesting to get a, an outsider's perspective um, from what you've been seeing. Firstly, um, how long have you actually been in the UK? Yep. Uh, so I got here around October. Um, I come over, I graduated um, about halfway through last year as a teacher and then just decided to come over. Um, a few of my cousins had previously done um, a similar route, had graduated teaching and went to the UK to teach and um, highly recommended it. So come over in October. Um, and yeah, found a school pretty quickly and have been pretty much settled in uh, working full-time from mid-October. So um, around five, six months now. So it's good. And and that's that sounds like it's an ongoing situation. What, what sort of your work, has it changed at all? Or what's the situation there, mate? Yeah, well, um, easiest way to put it, you'd say it's flipped on its head, really. Um, it's I'm I'm one of the lucky ones. So with schools at the moment, um, they're all shut down. Uh, they shut down around three weeks ago. But as I said, I'm one of the lucky ones because um, so NHS workers um, they obviously have children and their children need to get looked after. So if your child is um, if your parent is a critical carer, um, your child is still allowed to go to school. Um, so I'm one of the staff members that are currently looking after um, those students. So today I looked after around five kids. Um, yesterday was four. Um, so it just kind of depends. But yeah, I'm one of the lucky ones because a lot of my friends that are on are casuals and come over on visas. Um, unfortunately, the schools, there's no kids. So they can't work. Um, and they've been let off. So um, yeah, who knows how long it's going to go for. This is our last week before Easter break, um, but they're predicting that it's going to uh, go on for quite a while. So, um, yeah, who knows really until it gets back to normality. So with, with those numbers, four or five, I mean, it's obviously sustainable for the school. I was going to ask how, you, how you're dealing with the workload. It sounds like a pretty good gig, mate. Um, but in terms of... I guess, um, like what your actual work looks like? Are you, is it just like a taking care of them or is it a traditional teaching? Yeah, great question. Um, I was not taken aback as such, but when I was uh, offered the role, um, it was I recommend, suggested, I was told, um, that it's a babysitting role essentially because um, 
you can't teach five kids and then not teach 15 or 20. Um, you know, they're disadvantaged as such. So they've all been given homework packs, the students at home. So we just do that during the day. But uh, in reality, you can't really do that for six hours. So being a PE teacher, uh, lots of PE, lots of, um, lots of Australian rules for Paul. <laughs> um, I can't say the word soccer over here. So I play their football a lot. Um, I just try to get them outside, get them active. Um, but yeah, what can you do really? A few movies. <laughs> I'm curious because this, uh, you know, it's the way that you're talking about it. Uh, speaking like you're one of the lucky ones and what lucky means in this particular context. Because, you know, most people will consider you um, in a risky position, right? You're working with the kids and people that are on the front lines. So, you know, you're actually, you know, doing us a service for, you know, being in that particular role, but you're considering it lucky because, you know, you're thinking other teachers have it worse. It's just really funny, man. Have you thought about that? Yeah, I, I, only, re I only thought about that. Um, someone mentioned that over the weekend. They say, because um, I said, oh, I'm lucky I still get to go to work. And they said, what do you mean? Like, um, you know, we get to work from home. You're still going out. There's a chance you could get infected or such and I guess um, you do think about that but selfishly I think I'm just happy to be working because that means I get to I can stay here and you know try live the life that I wanted to live you know I kind of moved over to um, you know find myself I guess find myself a bit but I come over for this experience and um, I guess being able to do this and somehow contribute to the um, you know, UK in terms, of I get to look after their kids. So their parents get to go to work. I guess it just makes you feel, you know, fulfilled a little bit and I'm still working obviously. So a little win. Um, being positive psychologists, uh, statements like that really excite us. Um, and what I'm hearing in you is this mindset that is, so different from a lot of people that are experiencing COVID at the moment that are looking at it through that pessimistic lens of, you know, everything's bad and this is bad and I've lost this and, you know, I can't do that. You know, my holidays, my, my adventure is ruined. Um, everything that I wanted to do can't happen where, you know, you've got this completely different way of looking at things, making the most of the situation, that optimistic mindset, what can I do? How can I be a benefit? I'm just wondering, you know, where did you pick that up? Is it something that you've always had or is it something that yeah. you learned? Um, yeah, I've never really thought about it like that. It's an interesting way someone, I've never had that um, put to me like that. Um, I guess the only thing I can think of, um, I'd be lying, I'd be completely lying if I said that, you know, sometimes I internally, I sometimes I feel annoyed that this has happened and I can't do this adventure or whatever, but I guess, uh, I've always had a mindset, like I'm a realist. I fully understand how lucky I am. Um, and it doesn't take... It's not hard to remind yourself, you know, how lucky we are if you look around the world, really. Mm. Um, and I guess having back home a few close deaths, um, I guess I've always looked at life as if, you know, I'm happy to be here. Um, you know, some people aren't so lucky. Why not just get on with it? But um, I'm a realist and I understand that everyone's not that lucky. So um, I'm just happy to be here and, you know, keep doing what I'm doing. Mm. Dan, was there a point where you considered, or is there a point where you're still considering 
uh, going home. And I guess the, the flip side to that question or the, the addition to that question is, um, do you find anyone at home encouraging you to, like family, for example, encouraging you to come home? Yeah, so it probably really, um, it's an interesting question. COVID really kind of hit the headlines, what was it, like mid-Jan briefly and then kind of filtered through. I reckon a month ago it kind of got a little bit serious and I think maybe three weeks ago the Australian government recommended people to start coming home. Um, and I had a few friends start to leave and then the school closure thing was rumoured and then a few more left. Um, and then it kind of got really serious around the 23rd of March, I think. Yeah. When uh, Boris sat down and he had the, um, just him in a room and he said to the, um, the, the UK or the world really that we're going into, um, a complete lockdown. No one can leave their house, et cetera, et cetera. And that's when I really started thinking, um, you know, am I, you know, what am I kind of doing over here? Like I can't really do anything. Um, so I have had those thoughts, but as I was just explaining, um, to Kesha's question, like I've still, I still have work and, um, a purpose here. So I still have that kind of, um, giving me like a bit of guidance. But if I was a few of my friends who were let off work, and I was literally just here in lockdown, I think I'd probably, I think I would have headed home. Um, because it's, it is, uh, it is pretty lonely, like being so far away from, from home. And, um, you know, my family have definitely raised the question numerous times. Um, should you, you know, you should probably maybe come home. Um, but I just, you know, I say that I'm not, I haven't done anything stupid or I'm not um, going out, um, you know, nothing like that. So, and I am part of the NHS here, so I do have complete healthcare. Um, but it is hard with most, most of my close friends being home and my family. Um, and I think the next wave, so the lockdown was three weeks, the next wave of um, restrictions will probably determine what I'm thinking. Because if the lockdown goes for, six to 12 months, that's a long time um, to be away and not doing much. But yeah, I'm just kind of playing it by ear a little bit at the moment. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, geez, if it goes six or 12 months, mate, I'll be, I'll be right there with you worrying about um, how I'm going to get through it. I think there's, there'd be a lot of people. I mean, I, I lost it, lost it today, slipped down the stairs and I absolutely lost it. Um, like just those little things that, you know, straw that breaks the camel's back. And I'm sure there'll be some people out there who, um, who start to identify me, particularly identify with what I'm saying, particularly those with, um, with kids. But um, it yeah. is an interesting, it is an interesting um, proposition because it's because of that uncertainty that you're talking about. Um, I think that's a big, that's a big thing. So yeah, it's, I mean, I take, take my hat off to you that, that you're so, um, that you really have got that attitude of, you know, staying there and, and contributing and, and really having a purpose. That's, it's really impressive, especially for, for, for a young guy who's still super new in their, in their teaching career. Yes. Um, you know, I'm thinking, man, the, this is bringing me back to our friend from the Netherlands uh, in China right now, Florina, um, and her sort of journey and experience, you know, kind of going through that uncertainty, being in the Netherlands and, you know, as things unfolded, then choosing to come home. 
Um, and Dan seems to be at the, the beginning of that arc um, in his story, kind of playing it by ear. Right now, things feel comfortable. But, um, you know, one of some of the things that Florina fagged was, you know, the, the loneliness is real. Like, there's nothing there to anchor you, right? Um, she was talking yeah. about home and, you know, home was where she had this particular painting. <laughs> um, you know, that was one of the things that um, helped ground her and, you know, give her roots and stability. Just wondering, yeah. you know, are there things that you're doing right now that are helping you get that or are you just kind of like coping without that at the moment? Yeah, oh yeah, I definitely miss it. I'm um I'm from the country, so around three hours south of Melbourne. Um so not having the freedom as such to um, you know, I guess pre lockout, like you had so much freedom in London, like there's there's something on every weekend. If you ask me six weeks ago when I was living my best life, I'd say it right now. But um <laughs> post it's probably changed a bit. Um I guess the uh, um, how I've been coping as such, like um, as I said before, I'd be lying if I said it was easy. It's um, it's tough. Like I'm not an inside person at all, and you know, there's only so much stuff you can do on your computer or books and stuff. So I guess um, I have just start like reading, um, but trying to um, just talk to random, but talk to people that I haven't talked to in ages, like just people back home um pop up in my social medias and just see you know how they're going or um you know what's news just trying to do things that um get your mind ticking over the weekend was probably the first time where i felt really lonely because um as i said before i'm lucky i'm still going to work i get a note to say i'm allowed to go to work um and on the weekend i was obviously locked in the whole time and by Sunday, I was, um, you know, I was wandering around thinking, how am I going to do this much longer? So um, I think I will have to come up with some different, um, you know, activities um, or something. I know exercise is a great one and I'm big on that, but, um, you know, you can only do that once a day at the moment. So, yeah, yeah um, we'll see. We've got a friend of ours, um, Megan, and, um, you know, she, she's living alone at the moment and Australia is about to enter lockdown. So this has been something that's really front of her mind, especially because, you know, her topic of interest is belonging and how important belonging is for well-being. So uh, she's about to um, put together, uh, I think, some resources and tools and tips for people that are alone during um, COVID, but things like, you know, maintaining some kind of physical activity, um, being mindful and present, uh, reach, creating social connections in different ways, which are, you know, in some ways you're starting to, you know, feel into all of those spaces. Um, yeah. 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 Um, but it's definitely a hard question. Uh, she even thought about going and living in a share house during COVID. <laughs> she was like, I might get more infected, but at least I'll be around other people. Yeah, true. It's um it is important though like when you um when you're in lockout you realize how much you um in socially interact with people and how good is it for your mental health I know um you know it's everyone always says just ask your mate how they're going say hi or how are you um or are you okay sorry um yeah and you really feel that in something like this it um it really sticks out so it's important 
So Dan, I was just a couple of things there, just to make sure. I, one, are you living alone at the moment? Nah, I'm living in a share house with three others, luckily. Okay, yeah, and, and the second question was, your, just regarding your commute to work, I know we're bouncing around a little bit here, but how do you get to work in the morning? And what sort of precautions do you take? How's that changed from, from a couple of weeks ago? The dream life you were talking about six weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, it's all changed, really. They, um, they have... So anyone that's been to London would understand the tube is... Um, no one really has cars. It's all tube, tube, tube. So they've, um, I think they've eliminated maybe 40 to 50 tube stops. Um, and instead of running every two to three minutes, they, the popular stops might only run every 10 to 15. And then the overground, instead of running, you know, six to seven times, it only runs twice an hour now. So it used to take me around 60 minutes, um, a bit over 60 minutes to get to work. And now it's, I'm still trying to figure out the best route to get to work. Um, and it's taken around 90 minutes, hundred minutes roughly, just cause the, the, they don't really match up and, um, you know, it, it makes sense. Like the less there's no one working, so they don't need the trains and that, um, precautions as such. Um, yeah, it's funny. Like the tube is notoriously, um, jam packed like sardines. And um, now it's, I've got photos on my phone of just clear um, aisles and no one, no one sits next to each other anymore. Um, there's two to three seats between every person. Everyone has uh, masks on and gloves. Um, if you cough on the tube, if you have something in your throat, you hold it in for dear life. Otherwise you are in serious trouble. I'm talking, get off this tube. <laughs> so I, yeah. Oh. I um I just get my water if I'm gonna cough and try to get it. <laughs> you don't want to cough. So, but I don't know. It's um you know people are scared and it makes sense and um you know it's a real thing so it makes sense. I'm curious, Dan, because you know even in Australia where things are more lax, like I go outside, go for a walk, and there's like neighbours around and stuff. Um, we'll say hi to each other and smile. Um, it, Closer communities will stop and have a chat, but for the most part, people kind of just mind their own business. Um, there's a little bit of distance. Uh, is that the same on the tube? Do people chat with each other, or is it just? Yeah, um, the best of times in London, no, they don't, and now, no, not a chance. Yeah, yeah. but the, the reason I'm, um, yeah, I'm half, I'm half worried about Australia just because I feel like we were like that a month ago. We were kind of you know, lazy and still doing things. And, and then all of a sudden, like today in the UK, you probably wouldn't have heard, um, cash, but we lost, uh, 560 people in the last 24 hours. So it's probably our darkest. It was, it was definitely our darkest, um, period so far. And, you know, a month ago, um, you know, the pubs are still open, um, you know, two weeks ago. So yeah. it doesn't take long to, um, to, to switch. And, you know, when I look back home and I saw those photos of people on the beach and people in the parks and that, and I look back to when a month ago, I thought, oh, well, you know, we were doing that. 
And the most frustrating thing is that we had a little bit of warning from other countries, but you can't say that Australia hasn't had any warning now. Yeah. We've just through it. So, you know, I really hope that it doesn't happen, but, um, you know, fingers crossed people are taking it serious. Yeah, I think I think you're not alone with that, Dan. I'm glad actually to hear it from another Aussie who's who's out of the country because it's certainly been playing on my mind. I've just been hoping that that the spread of Australia compared to many European cities will will help reduce that um, that the transmission, the speed of transmission. But let's keep our fingers crossed, eh? Um, I was going to say, uh, is there anything just sort of conscious of time here? Is there anything uh, that we haven't spoken about yet? that you maybe wanted to touch on or any interesting observations you've had that we haven't um, yet uh, discovered? Um, geez, sorry, mate. I just, I just pretty much said my, uh, my, my, my point I was trying to make throughout to finish was I just um, really hope that people back home understand what it's like um, here because, you know, obviously, but I've never seen anything like it. Um, and, to the extent where people are generally, you know, um, frightened and scared. And so they should be because 500 people yesterday tragically died in 24 hours. So, um, the only thing I really wanted to touch on was people back home, if you're listening, um, to just listen to the people that are telling us what to do because they know more than us. So that's all we can do. Yeah. Um, I just want to pick up on that really quickly, man, uh, because you're right. Human beings are, are terrible at um, understanding things that aren't you know, immediate cause and effect or you know, linear relationships. So the fact that pandemics like COVID-19 spread exponentially, our brains are really bad at understanding what that means, right? When something like doubles every day. So you get, you know, nothing happening for a while the same thing with compound interest right like nothing happens for a while and but by the time you're like 30 suddenly you've got millions of dollars and you have no idea where i came from right um yeah. it's the same thing like nothing happens for a while and then all of a sudden you get this massive spike and everyone's like well i did not expect that to happen um but that's because our brains are super bad at processing them right we're, we're very good at picking out okay we did this and this happened we did this and this happened but when you do this and like that happens, right? Um, you know, there's an immediate spike. Our brains are very bad at processing it. That's why it's more important than ever to really listen to um, professionals and people in the know. But I'm, you know, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but you're in the UK right now with Boris Johnson. Um, we're in Australia right now with Scott Morrison. I want to make this a political thing but you know, the US with Trump, in these particular governments, in these particular places, our feelings of trust with the government have been slowly, slowly decreasing, right? We've, uh, across the globe, our faith in professionals and institutions is, low, is the lowest that it's ever been, right? Which makes it a really scary time, I think. Um, so I, I, I'm really grateful for your advice because we can definitely see the wave coming. We can't ignore it, but it doesn't seem like Australia is taking it seriously enough. Yeah. Yeah. I hope, um, like, yeah, I just, when I saw those photos of people at the beach, like I 
I cringed and I I'd made sure that I could tell in terms of my friends and family. Um, you know, I just relayed the message that um, I told you guys pretty much that we just went through this. Trust me, it's coming. Hopefully um, enough people listen, um, you know, and it can flatten the curve. Well, Dan, thanks a lot for your um, for your time, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure having you, and um, and hearing about what what you're doing over there in the UK. It's um, it's it's really I don't know. It's it's really added to my day because I'm. It's great, firstly, it's great to hear from you, but secondly, it's um, it's it's been great to get to hear your story a little bit more, and um, and and basically what you've been doing for the last sort of six to six to seven months. So thanks a lot for taking the time out, mate. Awesome. Thanks, Quigley. Thanks, Kesh. Appreciate it. Well, guys, that's the end of another episode here. So it would be great if you, all those people who are watching, um, the huge crowd, we're getting overwhelmed with emails. So if, um, if you want to send us something, uh, just be aware that it might be a couple of days um, before we get back to you. But if you could subscribe, like, or anything else, share us, that would be fantastic. And in the meantime, everyone stay healthy. Uh, well.